It's time to break down the game film and look at the X's and O's, the KO's and the O's from the world of sports. Bet Online presents All Balls, All Sports. Well, what a uh, weekend of football we have coming up. And the most exciting thing I think that we have facing Adam is that the Cowboys are still the richest team in the NFL. Uh, According to Forbes magazine, Dallas Cowboys, once again, most valuable franchise at 5.7 billion, 14th year in a row. They also hold the title most valuable franchise in the world. I am uh, a couple things. I'm going to redub myself America's comedian so I can get paid the most when I go out and do comedy. Because I think them dubbing themselves in the 70s America's team had to add a couple of zeros to that price tag. After all, you're buying America's team. What team, unless we move to Canada, what team would you really want to own? What what franchise? I should say it's it's just Jeff and I today because we're going to talk to Daniel Gordon, who's a British director who did a four-part film, uh, 30 for 30, uh, for the life and trials of Oscar Pistorius. So it's a very... double amputee who went on and won all the races. And you guys know Oscar's story, murder charges after that. So very interesting story. He's uh, zooming in from Britain. There's a little time change here. So we're, you know, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. So uh, Jeff and I will get on with our, our segment. And if uh, Daniel joins us, then Daniel will join us and we will, we will talk to him about this, crazy story of oscar pistorius sorry what was the price tag for the cowboys 5.7 billion and um the patriots were second at 4.4 giants third at 4.3 rams fourth at 4 million 4 billion sorry and the 49ers fifth at 3.8 billion it descends from there apparently can i say this uh, can i say this this is what i love about life I'm sure Eddie DeBartolo Jr. got the 49ers handed to him, dropped in his lap, you know, seven years ago. And then he just saw the Forbes list and it's three point seven billion. And he's pissed. He's pissed off because it's below the Rams (laughs) and they have more Super Bowls than the Rams do. And this is an outrage. That's what I love about the human condition. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all it's always. If you're if you're living, you're competitive. You have to be right. Uh, what's sort of weird is the Rams have a six billion dollar stadium, and yet still are valued lower. Although, here's what Forbes says: the Cowboys generate three hundred sixty million dollars from luxury suite rentals, which is twice as much as anybody else in the, in the league. So. I don't know if it's cost of living in Texas. I don't know what the deal is down there. They have it figured out. You got to give them credit for that. Uh, like you say, they stole America's team, which I always thought was like more leaning towards maybe the Packers, quite frankly. Well, you know, hey, yes. someone from Wisconsin would say that. Well, of course. It's, obviously, it's the Patriots because it's right in the title. <laughs> is Daniel, I'm told Daniel's ready. We're going to bring him in. Right bring now. him in. Uh, this is Daniel Gordon. I think he's across the pond. Yeah, Hi, Daniel Gordon. Good to meet you. How are you? Good. Uh, let's maybe turn up your mic a little. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly well. Thank you. 
Uh, I love 30 for 30s. I do not think I've missed a 30 for 30. I can't think of a subject I didn't enjoy on 30 for 30. And the Oscar Pistorius thing is a perfect, a perfect subject for a four-part film series. I, you know, good looking, disabled, overcoming the odds, toast of the town, one of the most celebrated athletes in the world, then homicide, kills a beautiful blonde. I mean, every single component to an amazing story is right in this story. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, if you're right in the Hollywood script, everyone would say, well, that, that's, that would never happen. You know, no matter what you try and do with it, it would never happen. And, and it is. It's absolutely that and more. And when we were first talking, this I think this is my fourth 30, 30 for 30 film. And when we started talking, which was four years ago, uh, and this was following on from the success of, of OJ Made in America and mm-hmm. looking at potential sports stories where, where crime sort of, um, you know, dissect the story. And, and at first, I actually genuinely wondered if there was enough uh, to, to make a, a really long three hour plus film. And, um, and it, yeah, I said, give me two, give me two weeks. I'll, I'll come back to you. I'll do a bit of research. And three days later I was back on the phone going, yeah, absolutely. I think this is an amazing story. It would have been amazing actually without the, the sort of true crime element at the end that the story of overcoming the odds as a disabled athlete, um, you know, breaking world records, barely months after starting running, being banned from, from, competing against able-bodied athletes because you're considered to be cheating by your world governing body, then being allowed to compete in the Olympics, not qualifying, and then qualifying four years later for London. Um, that in itself is an amazing story. And then when you add, you know, February 14th, 2013, yeah, you've, you've got a mix of everything. What is, so for me, everything's about, I sort of either motivation or follow the money. Um, a lot of people think Oscar killed his beautiful blonde model girlfriend. Some say it was a mistake. I don't know if, if we if we definitively find out. But what's what was in it for him to do this? Why would for those who think he murdered her? Yeah. Why would he possibly yeah. do that? There, there are two the, the 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 two fairly simple schools of thought. One on either end of the spectrum and. Uh, the state's case, and, and overwhelmingly people do believe this, um, you know, they had an argument, uh, he had a bad temper, he was a very controlling person, um, he had a history of um, controlling, bordering on abuse of um, uh, of his girlfriends, and he, middle of the night, they have an argument, whether it's over a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a rogue text, whatever you want to decide is the excuse, he follows her into the bathroom. She locks herself in. He's had enough, and he points and shoots. And that was the state's case from the beginning. Um, and there was circumstantial evidence to back up uh, an argument and a fight, which was later disproved as that evidence. Um, but that's that's what they they went with. And um, so, what's in it for him? Of course, there's nothing in it for him whatsoever. It, on that version, it's a moment of jealousy, madness. And he just fires and he regrets that ever since. Um, and on the other side is obviously Oscar's version from the very beginning, which, again, you know, sometimes you you buy into it wholeheartedly and then sometimes you just dismiss it completely, which is that he thought there was a burglar. And I think you have to be either South African or a visited South Africa often to understand there are 20,000 homicides a year in South Africa. The invasion of your home is 
regularly enough, most people know someone whose home has been invaded and it, it's never pleasant and it's always armed. Um, so if someone is breaking in and, and in the film we start to understand he was mingling in some very debatable uh, circles at the time and he was in an, an awful lot of trouble with a, a few gangsters and it's plausible that he thought that they were coming to get him and that burglar was coming to get him and would kill him. Therefore, he went straight to his firearm, which was by the side of his bed. That's something that's completely foreign to someone who's British. Um, but then he arms himself. He's on his stumps as well, so he's very, you know, he's not walking steadily. Um, and then in his version, everything's completely dark. He's disoriented. And every noise he hears is more evidence that there's an intruder and therefore he shoots and not absolutely not knowing who's behind that door and then discovering for him what's the worst case scenario. There are two very, very different versions. And really, depending which part of the film you watch, depends where you end up. Well, you've done more research on this than anyone on the planet. Did you draw a conclusion? Uh, I, I drew a conclusion that it really depends which part of the film I watch. It's a real... You know, we'll we'll never really know. Well, we'll never know because there's only one person that was there on the night who's alive, and that's Oscar. He's told a consistent story all the way through. So we're either waiting for a moment where he turns around and said, actually, I was lying all along. Right. Or he carries on with that story. So we either believe him or we don't. And what was interesting was the overwhelmingly the journalists who were there in the courtroom listening to every single moment and seeing the people. So a lot of the, although the court was televised, not all the witnesses were televised, but they were watching that and they were seeing body language and they were interpreting that. And overwhelmingly those journalists bought Oscar's version. Um, even though I think they may have doubted him at the beginning, yeah. they, they went for Oscar's version. What's Oscar's life like now? And is he damaged goods? Is he a pariah? Can he ever, you know, obviously he's losing endorsement deals. And yeah. you, you go from probably in the, in, the, in the new world order, the order we're living in now, in terms of endorsements, a handicap champion right up there and maybe beyond LeBron James or people who are, you know, capable and champions in a, in a way. I mean, the, the amount of money that guy left on the table after this incident is into the tens of millions, I, I'm sure. What is he doing now? Well, they went into his legal bills. Right. So from what I understand, there isn't an awful lot of that money left. Obviously, the endorsements were withdrawn immediately. Um, before finding out, you know, the outcome of the case, which I, I thought was quite interesting, there was a lot of, of uh, you know, the, the very high level companies that did endorse him just dropped him, dropped him immediately, um, and so his family, you know, is is wealth, very wealthy. Uh, his uncle particularly is wealthy. I'm sure his uncle will support him in some way um, as and when he does come out, and there is no date determined as to when he's even eligible for parole. He's currently in a, a uh, prison in Pretoria, South Africa. Um, he received, in the end, a 15-year sentence. There were a couple of appeals as to the, the conviction and the length of sentence. So he's now serving 15 years, which I think on a parole would give him two to three years inside before he's eligible. That's not to say he'll be released. And, and there's there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, I guess, that 
point to the fact that he won't be released early because of the the very political nature of um, gender-based violence in, in South Africa. He's, he's the highest profile convicted. So he's been in for how many years now? Um, yeah, it's slightly complicated because he had house arrest as well, but he was convicted in, in 2014. He was sentenced to 15 years in 2017. So he's, he's been inside for sort of three plus three or four years, and he would ordinarily serve half of his 15 years before he was eligible. So he may be out in 2023, 24? Yeah, that, that, that's the, the considered opinion seems to be that that's around the time when he could be eligible. It could be sooner. It could also be much later. And, you know, in terms of his life afterwards, I mean, he's obviously one of the most infamous people in that country. Um, he'll still be recognised. Um, but I, I suspect he'll not. He'll just want to go for a very, very, very quiet life somewhere. Wow. Uh, a very interesting, I mean, again, I couldn't think of a better subject for a documentary as someone who makes documentaries about boring subjects. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe, I mean, that's why I have to do uh, four parts and uh, I think combined maybe almost five hours or beyond five yeah, six hours. hours. Six Nearly hours. six hours. Yeah, Nearly yeah. six hours. It's a four-part film, The Life and Trials of Oscar Pistorius. It's uh, coming up. Uh, this Sunday, September 27th, exclusively, exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Daniel, I hope we can have you back and talk about upcoming projects and, and beyond. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Daniel uh, Gordon. Appreciate it. Coming in from uh, merry old London town. Uh, all right. Let me hit uh, bet online here. Uh, the wait is finally over, and that means football is back. Well, you know football is back. Had some good games coming up. Rams at Bills, Texans at Steelers. I like uh, Raiders at Patriots. I'd be I'd be nervous if I was either one of their fans about now. More to wager on than anywhere online from uh, spreads to totals to props. You get in on the season opening bonuses and wager on wins and uh, division championship futures. It's all there. Um, head to bet online. Do it today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Visit betonline.ag, our exclusive partner at Podcast One. Don't forget, promo code Podcast One for your sign-up bonus today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Adam, let's do our Bet the Farm Friday. Uh, Gina uh, is taking Kansas City, Kansas City at Baltimore. The Ravens favored by three and a half, but Gina's sticking with her Chiefs. Brian, 49ers at the Giants, 49ers favored by four. Brian is taking the Giants. Oh, he's I, a as you well are aware. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers anyway over the Saints. Saints favored by three. Your Rams are at the Bills. Bills favored by two and a half. Uh, I may be a contrarian as well. I think the Bills are playing lights out ball. Rams are playing Good. Maybe Bills are playing great. I'm going to I'm gonna give away the two and a half, say the Bills win it by a field goal. Well, there you have it. Let's check next week, see who did what to who. I'm Jeff Cesario, and that's all for All Balls, All Sports. All Balls, All Sports. Presented by Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. <laughs>